Input. Output. Hi, this is Input Output, and I'm your host, Mark Yarm. Today on the Input Output podcast, we've got stories about Virgil Abloh's missteps and James Dyson's electric car. Prominent black designer Virgil Abloh, the artistic director of Louis Vuitton's menswear and founder of Off-White, has come under fire recently. Amid the Black Lives Matter protests, he took to Instagram to chastise people who looted his friend's stores. Then, to make matters worse, Abloh posted a screenshot of his $50 donation to a bail fund, which was widely perceived as being pretty stingy. InputMag.com senior editor Edgar Alvarez wrote about the streetwear controversy. Here he is reading an excerpt from his piece. Although Virgil Abloh clarified that he's actually donated more than $20,000 to, quote, bail funds and other causes related to this movement, unquote, and that the $50 donation in question was simply him matching a friend's, he is now synonymous with the number 50, and people on the internet, be it from Black Twitter or Hypebeast Twitter, aren't going to let him live that down anytime soon. And many others pointed out how small the donation is in comparison to the price of the off-white clothes he sells. This fan wrote, quote, now we can buy one-fourth of a shoe he sells, lol. Keep that to yourself, bruh. And another replied saying, for $50, I don't think you can even look at the shoe. Them things be going for $500 plus. And things escalated to the point where someone changed Virgil's Wikipedia page to say Virgil cheap Ablo and Virgil $50 Ablo. Instead of saying, I'm going to keep it 100 with you, people have now turned that phrase into, I'm going to keep it two Virgils with you. Thanks for coming by the show again, Edgar. Thank you for having me. I feel like I'm a... Uh always wanted on the show, which I love. It's good for my morale. I'm glad that we can keep your morale high in these trying times. So Edgar, can you explain exactly what Ablo said in his Instagram comments about the protests? To go back a bit, Virgil said uh, not too long ago that streetwear was dead. This week was crazy. So many people are up in arms about Virgil Abloh stating definitively that streetwear is dead. And somehow he tried to tie the looting to that or like, oh, you guys are breaking into stores and this is why streetwear is dead, which it's still, I don't I don't understand. And, and I think a lot of people didn't understand how the two things were relevant to each other. That's what ultimately, you know, ended up causing the most blowback for him, that the fact that he was trying to somehow relate these protests and these looting and the riots to streetwear being dead, which again, I, I just, I think people failed to understand how the two things were relevant to each other. So how rough was the blowback? I would say it was pretty rough. You know, the Virgil is the streetwear designer of the moment. You know, not only is he, at, you know, an artistic director for menswear of Louis Vuitton, which is obviously, that's a, it's a huge, huge name in, in fashion. But he's also, you know, the founder of Off-White. He has a lot of, or some of the hottest collabs in sneakers with, with Nike and his Off-White uh, Jordans and the Nike Dunks that he also does. So he is in street where he is at, at the moment, I would say even above his, even above someone like Kanye West. But the blowback, you know, it was coming in from, from all sides and, and people who have looked up to him for, for years, especially people in the streetwear community. And I think where, where he went wrong is, and he said, you know, he later on said that he didn't want to, to be putting this out into the world, that he does donate $20,000 instead of just 50. But I think what, what ultimately ended up hurting him the most is that, you know, when he sort of came out and was like, oh, you guys 
are hurting my my you know my friend's stores. The messaging was just the wrong one at the time, which was it seemed to be more focused on the properties itself rather than the larger message you know, that people were trying to to send by by protesting, and that ultimately ended up in breaking into stores and all across the U.S. Do you think Virgil's reputation will recover from this? I think so. Again, you know, he does do a lot of good work and he has done through his entire career a lot of good work in Chicago, especially with the community and the young community there. Him being again at Louis Vuitton is, you know, he is such an inspiration for for young black people to aspire to be like him right? and to aspire to, uh, to get to that place. And after the whole $50 uh, thing, you know, he did come out and, and he did put out what maybe should have been his original messaging, you know, and he talked about, you know, him helping out the youth, uh, some art projects that talk about, you know, racism and, and racial injustice. So he has, he is doing a lot. I don't think this will hurt him in the long run, you know, in terms of his reputation, but I, in terms of him being a meme and, you know, the internet never forgets. So that joke will probably, you know, never cease to be, to be amazing. You can follow Edgar on Twitter at ABCD Edgar. Now on to today's second story. Dyson, the company best known for its vacuum cleaners, earlier this year pulled the plug on its $635 million effort to build an electric vehicle. Nevertheless, the manufacturer recently offered a detailed look at the car, which seems like it would have been a pretty sweet ride. InputMag.com news editor Craig Wilson wrote about the project and why it failed. Here he is reading an excerpt from his article. In May, James Dyson, the head of the company that carries his name and is best known for its vacuum cleaners, hair dryers and airblade hand dryer, explained in an interview with the Times of London why the company pulled the plug on its 500 million pound effort to build an electric vehicle to rival the likes of Tesla and Rivian. That interview offered only a small peek at the abandoned project. Now Dyson itself has pulled back the curtain and gone into more detail about a car that will go down in history, even if it never goes down anyone's driveway. Welcome back to the show, Craig. Always a pleasure to be here, Mark. Thanks for having me. So why did James Dyson shelve his plans for an electric vehicle? Mark, I guess the short answer is that electric vehicles are really, really expensive. At least that's what James Dyson says. It's a brilliant car, very special features by a very intelligent, hardworking team. For Dyson, in the present time, just simply wasn't commercially viable. It's a, it's a great shame. It's probably the best way of putting it. So his argument essentially boils down to the fact that regular conventional car makers who are also building electric cars can afford to lose money on the electric cars that they make because they can offset some of those losses against the money they make from more conventional combustion engine vehicles. Of course, the problem with this argument is that then you get companies like Tesla, uh, which only makes electric vehicles, but hasn't run into that problem. The difference, though, there, I think, is that Tesla is committedly and unadulteratedly an EV maker. And so they have these huge economies of scale from having built a business around it. Dyson is primarily a vacuum and hairdryer maker. And so to switch to making EVs, well, at the end of the day, they just figured they couldn't put out a car that would be cheap enough that anyone would actually buy it. 
How would the Dyson car have differed from, say, a high-end Tesla? Well, for a start, it was going to be huge. The model that they've shown off looks like a giant Range Rover. It's a seven-seater car. It's a sort of SUV that looks like it would certainly have some 4x4 abilities as well. Now, Tesla does make a larger SUV now, but primarily it's been focused on sedans. Uh, and it's also got a forthcoming Roadster that will sort of take up the sporty end of the market. In terms of the price, the the problem was this car was going to cost $184,000. And that's about double even an expensive Tesla with a lot of optional extras. It's about the same as Porsche's planned hybrid Taycan. But the thing is, Porsche sells other things. And yeah, at the end of the day, Dyson just didn't think that it could convince enough consumers to spend $185,000 on a car. Why do you think Dyson showed off what basically amounts to a failed project? Right. I mean, you've got to wonder the sort of vaporware showing it off anyway, I guess in part because of the scale of the project. You know, this has been a multi-year effort and they sank 500 million pounds or about $620 million into the initiative. They bought and repurposed an old military airfield. They hired 100 engineers or so. Um, This has been a really, really enormous project. And I guess it's got to be very difficult at the end of something like that, that you've poured so much time and money and effort into to, you know, not want to brag a little bit about the good things that came out of it. So I guess there's an element of that. And it's also a great marketing tool. You know, Dyson has for a long time been known as making things that are both left of field and often more expensive than rival products. You know, it's hair dryers, it's vacuum cleaners. These are all premium products, but they're able to get away with that price point because they offer something unique too. You know, they offer a premium experience and often they offer technology that no one else is putting into their devices. So by showing off this car, Dyson gets to continue to stake that claim that it is where innovative engineering happens and that I guess it's where that kind of engineering is gonna continue to happen. You can follow Craig on Twitter at Craig Wilson, and I am at Mark Yarm. For more news from the world of technology and culture, visit InputMag.com. You can click on the links in the show notes for the stories we discussed today. New episodes of Input Output are released three times a week. If you enjoyed what you heard, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. You can find Input Output on your smart speaker or whatever podcast app you use. Thanks for listening. <laughs>